This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. Archbishop, it is great to join you on this uh, beautiful time of Advent. We're just entering into the season, and I thought today we could spend a little bit of time just making this season meaningful and full of Christ, Christ-centered. Let's bring Christ back into Advent. Yes. And who's going to help us but our Blessed Mother? So would you please help us open with prayer? Yes, indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O come, O come, Emmanuel, come, Savior of the nations, come, wisdom from on high, come, Lord Jesus, into our lives at this holy time of the year. Jesus, we ask you to send forth with your Father the Holy Spirit upon us during these days of Advent to prepare our hearts well to receive you anew. We ask you to send the Spirit to our listeners to open their hearts now and their ears to receive a word from you that will encourage them and help them on their journey, on their anticipation of your coming. So we place this time, Jesus, in your hands, asking you to lead us and guide us. And all this we ask in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I suppose I should say, St. Nicholas, pray for us, too. Yes. This this will broadcast uh, for the first time on on his feast day. Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned the coming, and there's the beautiful song, which goes to the O Antiphons, O come, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. us. And we pray about thy kingdom come. We pray about the Lord will come and he will judge the earth, the creed. right? We say it in the creed. This is what we believe. And we just had, I think it's beautiful when we close with the feast of Jesus Christ, King of the universe, you know, reminding us of that final coming. Are we ready? Absolutely. Are we ready? John the Baptist is going to wake us up yeah. in the scriptures. <laughs> shake <you know>? us <laughs> up. <laughs> just, Not just wake us up, shake us up. Are you ready? So let maybe help unpack a little bit about these different kinds of comings of Christ that we can anticipate yeah, in Advent. You know, I, I like to, you know, and, and I realize that I probably share a similar reflection every year as we approach this Advent season, but I, I think we, we, can, we need to constantly be reminded of it. And I, I've learned that over the years that, you know, a one and done isn't enough. <laughs> we need to keep telling the story. We need to keep telling the story of, of the kerygma, of the reason for Christ's coming. And that, that's one thing I'd like our, our, uh, our listeners to pay attention to, at least in the Archdiocese of Portland. I have urged the pastors of the Archdiocese of Portland over these four Sundays of the Advent season to preach on the kerygma. What is the kerygma? That's one of those big, fancy mm-hmm. Catholic theological, scriptural words. The kerygma is the good news. 
the gospel. I've asked the priest to tell the story of our faith. Yeah, hopefully using maybe the, the four words that, that we've talked about before, created, captured, rescued in our response. In other words, God created everything, goodness and love and, and beautiful, but we were captured by an enemy. Uh, the enemy is Satan, uh, and he's our enemy. He's God's enemy, but we've been rescued in Jesus Christ, and now what is our response to this? That's, that's, I, I, I've asked the priest to preach on this, and I, want, I would hope folks are paying attention to that if, if your pastor is heeding my, my urge, urging, uh, that we need to know why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all get excited about welcoming Jesus, whether we're we're commemorating his first coming, whether we're looking forward to his second coming, whether we want him to come more deeply into our life now. Why? Why did he come in the first place? Why did God send the angel Gabriel to the virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph whose name was Mary? And the angel uh, said that the, that that the grace of of God was with her and that she was to become the mother of the Most High God. Uh, and she said, fiat. She said, be it done to me according to, to your word. But why? Why did the eternal Son of God, eternal, meaning mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Trinity has always been. There was never a time when the Trinity was not. Uh, and the, so the eternal Son of God, the, the Son of God has been from all eternity. But in a moment in time, in the womb of the Virgin Mary, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? That's the story of the kerygma. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what I'm asking our priest to preach about. Why did Jesus come? He came to rescue us. It was a rescue mission. It really was a rescue mission. Uh, uh, C.S. Lewis uh, describes it as, as that, that, that the Son of God came among us, and he came in disguise to rescue us. He came disguised in our flesh. Uh, we could not see his, his glory as God, although he did let it shine for a moment mm-hmm. there in the transfiguration. But uh, he came hidden, disguised, camouflaged, if you will, uh, to defeat the enemy, Satan, to defeat death and to defeat sin. And if we don't understand why he came, then why are we celebrating Christmas? Mm-hmm. Why are we celebrating Advent? Uh, why do we look forward to his second coming? He's come to redeem us, to save us, to rescue us from our enemy, death, sin, the enemy, and to open for us the way to eternal life. So, so the first thing is we need to understand and, and appreciate and come to a deeper faith in, in why he came in the first place. But Advent season, you know, it's, uh, we, I say this every year, uh, it, it's so unfortunate <laughs> that this Advent season is meant to be a time of meditation and stillness and prayer, quiet, contemplation of the mystery. You know, it's, 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 it's this beautiful time of year, if you will, when, you know, the days have gotten shorter, so there's more darkness. There's a certain stillness uh, that I kind of comes over the earth in many ways with, with the advent, if you will, of, mm-hmm. of the winter time. Uh, I, I know back in Upper Michigan, uh, where I was bishop before I came here, you know, we had a very, very serious winter <laughs> in Upper Michigan. And by the time Advent comes along, you know, the snow is already on the ground to stay. And uh, there's just a, a, a stillness. I mean, I can, I can just even now 
I remember walking outside on a winter night and a full moon and, and the, with the snow on the ground, everything's even kind of muffled. It kind of acts as an insulator to noise. And it's so quiet and so still and so dark even at night, you know, even early in the evening. It's a time for contemplation. It's a time for meditation on the mystery of Christ and, and his coming. And yet we've turned this season into one of the busiest times of our, of our year. It's a crazy time. We're running around going to Christmas parties and celebrating this and shopping for presents and decorating and baking. And it just, it's actually, this is uh, sometimes one of the most stressful times Mm -hmm. of the year for people. And it's the exact opposite of what the church would want for us at this time. And unfortunately, that's just our culture now today. I mean, hundreds of years ago, Advent was much more like I just described it, you know, a time for just quiet, settling down into the winter, meditating, because we're preparing to welcome Christ. And, and there's three, four comings, I think, that, that we, we are remembering during Advent. Advent, the word Advent, comes from that Latin verb advenire, to come, to come, to come toward, to come toward us. Jesus is coming to us. Advenio, he's, he's coming, I come. We're certainly getting ready to remember his first coming. Uh, in, in the birth of of Jesus in Bethlehem, born from the womb of the Virgin Mary, with Saint Joseph there in, in the in the in the in the manger. So you know, but it, we can't just turn that into a sentimental scene. We must remember again why he came. You know, and and uh, uh, when the angels announced to the shepherds uh, who are keeping watch over the flock by night, you know, behold, I bring you tidings of great joy for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, a savior who is Christ the Lord, a savior, your rescuer has come. God has come to your rescue to save you from the enemy, from death, from sin. Wow. What a glorious that's why the angels sang glory to God in the highest mm-hmm. and peace to his people on earth because Christ came to bring the peace of our reconciliation with the Father. So we remember his first coming, but we also look forward to his second coming. And if you really pay attention, I point this out every year, if you really pay close attention to the prayers of the liturgy at Mass, uh, especially in these first couple weeks of Advent, it's really more about his second coming. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to welcome him again in glory when he comes, right? You know, we, we, we profess that as we mentioned in the creed. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. He comes again. He, Jesus constantly talked about his coming again. St. Paul preaches about his second coming. You know, Paul seemed to think that he was coming any day. Uh, well, we're here we are 2,000 years later still waiting, but he's coming. We say it in the liturgy. Many times, if you pay attention to the liturgy, I wish more of us would really pay attention to the words of the liturgy. There's all kinds of references, and we, you know, we look forward to his second coming. And we say that in the third Eucharistic prayer, as we you know, commemorate this, 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 and, we, and as we look forward to his second coming. Uh, the, listen to the preface before the Holy, Holy, Holy at Mass for the first week or two of Advent. It's about his second coming. So we, we do look forward to him coming again in glory, and he will come again. Uh, to judge the living and the dead in the end of time when he brings the world to its completion and creates a new heaven and a new earth. But for each one of us, at the moment of our death, he has come. And we need to prepare for our own death in a certain sense and be ready for him to come. He may not come in glory to consummate 
the eternal plan of salvation. But when he comes for us at the end of our life, he has come. And we must be ready and vigilant and watching and waiting. That's the whole theme of Advent, watching, waiting, Mm -hmm. preparing, being awake. Awake, O sleeper, you know, Mm -hmm. be awake, be alert, be waiting. Jesus gives us all kinds of parables and images in the scripture of being ready. The the wise and the foolish virgins, you know, those that that uh, you know when the who when whose master comes when the servant isn't ready, you know, and 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 so we must be ready. So it's it's getting ready, ready, ready. But we also, in a third way that he comes, we also want to welcome him now more mm-hmm. deeply into our hearts. We want to have a deeper transformative encounter with Jesus Christ now. We want to welcome him again into our own hearts, into our homes. We can, we can always grow in our relationship with Jesus. We, we can always grow in his presence in our life. And that's what we should be doing as well. And then finally, I, I call it the forthcoming. He comes at every mass. He really comes. And Catholics out there, we need to renew our faith in the Eucharist, as we mentioned in in the last program when we were talking about the Eucharistic revival in the United States uh, organized by the U.S. bishops. We as Catholics believe, and I know uh, probably most of our listeners, because I I suspect people that listen to modern-day radio are are people of, of deep faith, but just to remind us all that we as Catholics believe by the Lord's own words. Mm Mm-hmm. By the Lord's own words, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. Mm -hmm. This is my body. This is my blood. And the church has always believed this, that Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. He's truly, substantially, really present. That's why we genuflect before him in the Eucharist. That's why we adore him in the Eucharist outside of Mass even, because he's truly present it's interesting if you think of it this way. Mary, the mother of God, is the spouse, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit that she conceived the eternal Son of God in her womb without the intervention of a man. So the, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, came upon her, overshadowed her womb, and the eternal Son of God entered into that womb and became flesh. One of us entered into the world. What a powerful thing to reflect on. But at every Mass, when the priest extends his hands over the gifts and asks God the Father to send down the Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine, the Holy Spirit comes again and overshadows not the womb of the Virgin Mary, but overshadows bread, overshadows a chalice filled with wine, and by the same power of the Spirit, Jesus becomes truly present. He, he becomes incarnate, if you will, again, into the world present in the Eucharist. Uh, and we need, to, we need to have a deeper faith in that reality. Yeah. That incarnation that defines who we are because Jesus came, he's present. And I think for us to really ponder that, and how do we take that out? I receive Jesus Christ truly present when I receive the Holy Eucharist. And then how does that direct the rest of my day, my relationships? Maybe the things that I'm called to. I know for our parish we're doing stewardship. There's invitations to participate in in ministries in the church. How can I give back? Maybe there's a particular need that, that I should be taking that Jesus out and to be an example of that. And this seems to be a time of year. 
when we're looking to see how do we serve those who don't know Jesus, don't mm-hmm. have an encounter, they're living on the streets, they're in some poverty of some sort, poverty of spirit. Mm-hmm. Can I bring Jesus? Can I be his witness? This is this is our this is our mission. Uh, this is this is why we exist. You know, and and, and uh, Catholics need to get that through their heads. Our I need to get it through my head too. So I'm not pointing fingers, but we as we as a church, we Catholics, we need to get this through our heads. We exist in order to share Jesus with others. It's our mission. This isn't about a me and Jesus thing. I mean, that's certainly very important, that I have a personal encounter with Christ, that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that Jesus is my, my all, that I am passionately head over heels in love with him. That certainly is very important. But we exist as a church, as a community of believers, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share Jesus with others. That's what Jesus told us to do. The last, his last words of instruction before he ascended back to the Father. All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, mm-hmm. and make disciples of all the nations, reminding them of all that I have told you, and know that I am with you to the end of the age. Jesus commissioned us to share this good news with others, and far too often we keep it to ourselves. And there, there are many ways that we share Jesus with others in just the ordinary circumstances of our daily life. We just had at our pastoral assembly a, a couple weeks ago, uh, Father John Ricardo and Acts 29 team come in to present to our leadership gathered there. And he spent a Saturday morning of that assembly talking to us about the various ways that each one of us can be called to, to be sharers of the mission, uh, sharing in the mission of Jesus Christ uh, in so many different ways. And some are called in one way and some are called in another way. But they are very concrete ways that the Lord opens doors for us every day. And we just sometimes don't walk through the doors that are open for us to share Christ with others. This is our mission. Mm-hmm. We cannot keep him to ourselves. This isn't about hunkering down and being in a safe place in the midst of a world that's going crazy. Our mission is to engage in that world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and proclaim it and to believe in the power of the word of God, to believe in the power of sharing Christ with others and our wonderful Catholic faith. So, yes, we welcome him. We wait for him to come, uh, but we already have him. He's already here. He's already in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds. He's in our he's in our church and we need to, to, to give him to others. That's, that's, that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. We just have to get over uh, any reticence and hesitancy we have uh, in, in witnessing to our faith. And that really goes to that fourth word response as you're talking about. Right. Because we've been redeemed, now, now what? Now it's on, how do I acknowledge that a most amazing gift of the Lord, and it's a daily choice, isn't it? How I respond, how do I wake up in the morning? <laughs> is it with joy or is it with, you know, grumbling? You know, but that's our response. Exactly. You know, one of the uh, one of the favorite images, and I, it just really struck me when he, when he said, I've heard him say it a number of times, Father John Ricardo again uh, with Acts 29. <laughs> you know, he says, uh, gosh, he says, you know, if we have gone out and discovered a new restaurant, right? 
we just had somebody invite us. We went to try out a new restaurant, and it's incredible. We can't <laughs> wait to right. tell everybody about this new restaurant that we found, how great the food was, how great the service was, what the great atmosphere was. We just were out there just telling everybody who will listen about this new experience that we've had. That's, that's, that's news to share, right? The greatest news ever, mm-hmm. the greatest story ever told is the story of God's love for us poured out in Jesus Christ. Why don't we want to share that story with everyone that will listen? Not in a beating people over the head with it, but, but sharing our joy in, in Jesus, that, that, that he is our life and our all. Uh, I don't know why we are so hesitant to do that. Well, I, I guess I do know in some ways because, you know, we live in a world sometimes now that doesn't want to hear that message and quite honestly is hostile to that message and maybe even ridicules that message. And we will feel ridiculed and maybe rejected. But, you know, Jesus, what did Jesus say? Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of slander against you on account of me. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward is great in heaven. Jesus knew this was going to happen. He knew it wasn't going to be easy and that we would be rejected and ridiculed and slandered for our faith in Jesus. But far from, uh, you know, hindering us and, and, and silencing us, we should rejoice in that because we, are, we have been found worthy we have been found worthy to suffer for the love of Jesus as he suffered so terribly for us to redeem us and rescue us. So, yeah, we, we, this is what we have to be about. This is going to be the mantra uh, uh, that I think you're going to hear from me for the next whatever 13 plus years that I've got <laughs> to here to be your archbishop before I can write that letter to the Pope saying I'm, I'm hanging it up. I'm ready to hang it up anyway. Uh, this is what we have to yeah. be about. This is what the church in Western Oregon is going to be about. It's going to be about bringing our own people into a living, transformative, ongoing encounter with Jesus Christ in the church, his bride, and to share him with everyone that we meet and not to be afraid. Do not be afraid uh, and do not be a coward before the world because it's going to get tough, folks. Mm-hmm. It's going to get tough. I can guarantee you it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for me, I know. Uh, but I, I, I know that the Lord is with us. Absolutely. The Lord is always with us. We just have a couple more moments, Archbishop, and we're into the week where we honor uh, the Feast of the Immaculate yes. Conception, the Solemnity, Our Lady, of course, the, uh, the Cathedral is dedicated to Our Lady under the title, The Immaculate Conception. So as we come to a close, just how Our Lady can can walk with us, can help us, maybe give us some of that courage when we need to have that courage to speak, to share, to, to share Jesus. I know that's one of the things Our Lady wants us to do. Share my son. <laughs> share my son. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Tell everybody about him. She's a proud mama. Yes. <laughs> she wants everybody to know how wonderful her son is, as any good mother does. Uh, yes, you know, the, the arch, not, it's, you know, I think people, I hope people realize that, that the Archdiocese of Portland, I know we have our good friends 
friends, our neighbors to the north uh, in, in the Archdiocese of Seattle. But the Archdiocese of Portland is solemnly dedicated to uh, Our Lady under the title of the Immaculate Conception. She is our patroness. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the patroness of our cathedral church. She is the patroness of the whole archdiocese under that title, the Immaculate Conception. Uh, and uh, let's all remember that means that she was conceived from the first moment of her conception without sin. It's not referring to the virgin birth of Jesus, but her own immaculate heart, uh, her, you know, her ineffable virginity, her, her uh, un- inviolate purity. Uh, that's, that's who we honor. And Mary, Mother Mary, she wants to form her son Jesus in each one of us. Uh, we need to be consecrated, I believe, to her, not so that anything is taken away from God and from her son, but so that she can lead us more deeply into her son. She is profoundly interested in in helping us to be the best disciples that that we can and to have that grace and courage to, to be so. And I think, you know, we, we have all these wonderful images of, of our mother, our, our Lady from Scripture, you know, the, from the Annunciation and the Visitation and the birth of Jesus and where she pops up in the ministry of Jesus throughout his ministry. That's one of the things I love about this series, The Chosen, that I'm anxiously waiting season uh, three to come because Our Lady plays such a prominent mm-hmm. role in, in this, you know, an artistic interpretation of the life of Jesus. You know, we don't, uh, but I, I kind of believe this is pretty much the way it happened, you know. And, but when you talk about courage mm-hmm. uh, and the courage of Our Lady, I think we can learn much from the courage of Our Lady to be faithful to God. Believe me, it took courage for her to say yes to the angel's greeting. I mean, think about it again. We've talked about this before, but she is she clearly had a vow of virginity because we won't go into that, but I mean, she, clearly she and Joseph had that understanding, that, uh, you know, they would live a, a, a chaste life, a virginal life, a celibate life. But, you know, she's going to be with child mm-hmm. and she's going to be exposed, you know, before her her family, her friends, her townspeople, you know, and, and what's this? You know, that took courage to say yes to this and to take on that role as the mother of God. Think of the courage it took for her to stand at the foot of the cross. You know, that's a dangerous place to be, to be at the foot of the cross of Jesus as he offers his life for our salvation with all of the Romans and the, and the, and the synagogue leaders at the time, uh, you know, reviling Jesus, persecuting him, killing him. It's not a safe place to be at the foot of the cross, but there she stands the foot of the cross with her son and she will not be anywhere else uh, she stands with us when we when we go through our crosses in life when we are suffering uh, we participate in the suffering of her son Jesus when we are mocked when we are ridiculed when we are persecuted when we are slandered for our faith in Jesus just as Mary stood at the, at the foot of his cross she stands by us and she will obtain for us the strength and the grace and the courage that we need to bear that witness to her son, Jesus, before the world. Yes, indeed. It is so true. Well, I just pray during this Advent season, we continue to ask Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception, to be with us and to help us to bring Jesus to the world. With that, Archbishop, would you please help us close with your blessings? Yes. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on all of you, your families and loved ones at this holy time of year, and be with you always and forever. Amen.
Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.